Hi, and welcome to this episode of The Roadmap, the podcast covering best practices and trending topics every auto finance professional should pay attention to. I'm Nicole Casperson, Associate Editor of Auto Finance News and your host for this podcast, presented by Auto Finance Excellence. Today, we'll discuss how lenders and dealers should leverage the rideshare and car share market, um, which comes with its challenges and benefits for auto finance. Um, Joining us today is Brian Allen. He is the Senior Director uh, of Strategic Partnerships at Hire Car. Um, And Hire Car uh, connects car owners with idle vehicles to rideshare drivers in need of cars. Um, you know, how, how are you today, Brian? Uh, very happy to have you with us. Excellent. Thank you. Wonderful. It's a, it's a brisk 52 degrees in Los Angeles. <laughs> well, very jealous. Uh, we're, we're here in New York and it's snowing, so definitely jealous of that weather. I had, I had to smile about that this morning. Yes, indeed. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, yeah, you know, I think just to kind of kick off, I think it'd be great to, you know, just briefly talk about, um, you know, what mobility as a service, you know, really is and just how that, you know, impacts, um, you know, letter, lenders and auto finance. Sure. Well, I think, you know, I have to smile a little bit because I do kind of come from the school of everything old is new again. And to me, mobility is simply transportation and transportation on demand. And whether you own a car or you're borrowing one or paying to borrow one, or you're using public transportation, it's all mobility. Um, I think what's really created unique opportunities today to have a variety of transportation solutions is technology, and certainly, most specifically, smartphone technology. And I believe that dealers and actually the original equipment manufacturers are in the best position to leverage that, that, those resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think that, um, I think our, our audience is really interested in, you know, three key areas. Um, you know, how mobility as a service will impact, um, you know, the lender, their dealer partners, and their uh, consumers. You know, essentially how it's gonna impact that entire, you know, um, enterprise, um, you know, and so, um, you know, why don't we touch on uh, you know the lender side first and how exactly uh, mobility as a service that model is you know worth allocating time and money uh, for lenders and helping you know their their dealers in that aspect. Sure. Well, I think uh, that's an excellent point to start from, and I think the, the looking from a lender's perspective. Ride sharing has been a little bit of a scary thought in that the lender is concerned with their collateral, and that in this case being a vehicle. And with the ride share, the ride sharing driver, the unknown X factor is how many miles are how many miles that driver is going to uh, utilize the vehicle for. And with that, that unknown is what creates anxiety and why rideshare drivers have difficulty obtaining financing today. So, oddly, I think the solution is very simple. And this is what we do at Hire Car, is that when a driver is on our platform and they're utilizing a car, we're able to see their driving patterns 
and then create a path to purchase where we can work with lenders and say this driver is driving typically 2,000 miles a month versus another driver that may be driving 5,000 miles a month. And with that, they can tailor the loan to that individual's potential driving habits. So the quick answer is just to shorten the term. I think one of the things that is a challenge for lenders today is that many are financing rideshare drivers unknowingly or they're looking the other way and they're putting these people in five and six year loans and then they're experiencing horrendous losses because they didn't manage the loan properly. So our suggestion and what we're working with lender is, the lenders um, today with is let's identify the pattern, adjust the loan accordingly, and then we actually create a driver that becomes a more frequent buyer and a very good paying uh, because they're in, they have equity in their cars on a shorter loan, a good paying client. Mm-hmm. So it, you, there's really a way to kind of utilize this model to um, you know create that um, almost that consumer uh, loyalty. Sure, and and you know this is where we have a game changer. You know traditionally banks lenders are they use data from the past to determine what the future is going to be. And in today's environment, it's changing so quickly mm-hmm. that data from five years ago just isn't relevant. So for example, ride sharing, when it started with uh, the Ubers of the world 10, in 2010, 11, um, they were initially disenfranchised tra- taxi drivers and limo drivers that drove 12 hours a day, and these people put five, six, seven thousand 7,000 miles a month on a car. Today's driver is not that driver. Today's driver are semi-retired or retired. They're professionals that are supplementing their income. They're people that are driving two and three days a week, and they might be putting two or 3,000 miles on their car, but not five, six, or seven. And we can tailor the loan for that driver and what they're going to use. And they're very, today with, with connectivity to a vehicle, we can monitor the vehicle's mileage and, and we know what's happening. So it, 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 for the progressive lender that's willing to uh, look at the changed environment of, that ride sharing offers, actually it's extremely lucrative because if you think about it, the ride share driver needs to make the payments on their car because that's how they earn their income. Mm-hmm. So, it's, you know, they're going to pay their car before they pay anybody because mm-hmm. that's their revenue source. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely what a smart way to, you know, think about it or, or just even very practical, um, you know. And I mean, so you, you're saying there's definitely, you know, a kind of way that lenders can really um, better understand, you know, the consumer, the client that they're, you know, financing vehicles for rideshare drivers. You know, is that you know, something that lenders can, you know, monitor that these particular consumers are buying for rideshare? Yeah, and, and, you know, here's what we find. You know, the typical consumer, the the non-rideshare driver, they would be a little sensitive to having the bank or an insurance company monitor the miles they're driving on a car. But a rideshare driver, if they can get a better car, 
at a lower acquisition cost and get cheaper insurance by simply offering connectivity to the lender and the insurance company, well, they're going to do that all day long because that's their business. So they're, they're not worried about a privacy issue. They're, they're worried about the lowest cost of being in business, and a rideshare driver's business is their vehicle. And by the way, this isn't just for people. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, packages, food, uh, a variety of what we call transportation on demand services. And that's that the banks and the dealers and the OEMs that embrace this quickly are the ones that are going to win because thir- third party companies, they don't have the resources and the infrastructure that the dealers and OEMs and the banks already have. They, so once the paradigms have shifted to say, wait a minute, if we just manage the rideshare driver and, and their utilization, we can not only be profitable, but we can have a better customer and a more frequent customer. And this is what we experience now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, is there any, you know, that's, it seems, you know, like almost such a, um, a simple solution, but you know, you know, it takes a time. You know, but you know, it takes a long time for uh, you know, especially you know, traditional lending. Um, you know, to get yeah. more comfortable with the new, all this new, you know, kind of paradigm. Exactly, exactly, and it's. What, well, we 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 I kind of call it changing people's religion because mm-hmm. <laughs> what we're I, it's like I, at first when I started conversations with banks and OEMs. It, it was like I was a member of the Flat Earth Society. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, what are you talking about? People that drive a lot of miles on cars, they're not good for us. Uh, and I'm saying, wait a minute. Wait, there's a reason why the light bulb was designed to burn out. Mm-hmm. You wanted people to buy more light bulbs. Mm-hmm. I, I, my argument is exactly the opposite. The person who drives the most miles is your best customer. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is manage your loan to that utilization. So when that light bulb, all pun intended, goes mm-hmm. off, they get it. So don't put these people on six-year loans. No. Put them on three- and four-year loans mm-hmm. and, and put them in position to trade out more frequently. Mm-hmm. Now, another, ben- another benefit that's happening is that vehicles last a lot longer today. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people forget that cars, when they were first invented, they didn't even have odometers. I... I I don't want to be accused of being a conspiracy theorist, but I would tell you that initially odometers were really invented just to remind people to get a new car. And it, it wasn't that long ago that odometers only had five digits. And it was like, man, if you went into, if you rolled the odometer, it was time to crush that car and get a new one. Mm-hmm. Well, today odometers, of course, have six digits. And the, and the fact is, if you maintain today's automobile, you can get 150 to 300,000 miles as long as you well you maintain the car well. But forgetting that, the fact is, is that even if your goal as a lender, which is most important, is to protect the collateral value because they have to securitize their loans, just shorten the term. That's mm-hmm. the easy answer. Mm-hmm. Well, End of story. End of story. I mean, in it just... All in all, you're keeping the you know consumer in the fold even you know sooner, and I'm sure you're making your dealer partners happy, um, you know, because I'm sure you know. I from my understanding is you know dealers uh, uh, you know push 
push back a little bit on those uh, extending you know loan terms because it's a longer period of time that your consumer is coming back you know on the market yeah and then the consumers mad at you when they mm-hmm. do come back sooner and they can't trade out mm-hmm. right so it's it's a real catch-22 for the dealer but Here's, here's something, going back to the rideshare driver, mm-hmm. if you think about this, if they're the ones that are, are utilizing the car the most, they also become your best service customer. So you, this whole ecosystem is fantastic for dealers because you sell the car more frequently and you service the car more frequently. So th- again, this is why we come from the argument the dealer is in the best position to leverage success and profitability from mobility as a service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it seems that, you know, like you said, you know, your mention of the, you know, this kind of this ecosystem, I mean, it's, it seems as though, um, you know, really honing in on the idea that rideshare drivers are really your, one of your biggest assets. I mean, uh, when it comes to you, yeah. you know, the kind of consumer that you're trying to, you know, originate lo- loans for or sell a car to right. or, or service, I mean, they're going to be your biggest repeat consumers, especially considering the fact that it is right. literally their job, right? Yeah. <laughs> to <It's> drive. <laughs> well, and you think about other industries. Here's mm-hmm. what's funny. They, every, your, your coffee shop, they, they give you a loyalty rewards card. Your airlines, frequent flyer programs. Um, everybody wants the, the, the hotels right mm-hmm. you're you get credits for free nights and all that you want the person back and here in the auto industry we're saying oh my goodness the person who drives the most miles is our enemy whoa <laughs> it's completely backwards we just didn't manage it well initially and and that's what happened you know the the first people who bought cars or used cars for ride sharing they drove them till the wheels fell off mm-hmm. and we put them on long-term loans and no wonder banks got stung and, and manufacturers went, oops, that was a failed experiment. Well, what we say is, wait a minute, you put them on the platform and you take them off the platform as you need. Mm-hmm. So for example, let's say a dealer takes in a low mileage tray, 20,000 miles on a six-year-old Honda Accord. They can put the car on the hire car platform, the dealer earns monthly revenue, and they have something we call mileage elasticity. That is. They can put 50, 60,000 miles on that car in a year if they want to. That just brings it up to normal market miles and then put it on the used car lot and sell it. So they earned, uh, the average dealer on our platform earns about $1,000 a month So per car. So they earn $1,000 a month for 12 months. That's $12,000. Wow. And then they earn their normal profit when the car's for sale. So. It's a dealer's dream. They just created their own used car. It's a lender's dream because that buyer that, that uh, buys that car, they just bought a normal mileage used car. And the whole cycle accelerates the usage and, uh-huh. of, 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 the, of the vehicle, but everyone wins. Uh-huh. And so then you go the other end of the spectrum. A dealer's looking at a high mileage trade. Probably one of the things dealers are scared the most of and the customer they're trying to sell a new car and then they 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 can't give enough for this hundred thousand mile let's say you know 2012 uh honda accord uh because they got to think about wholesaling it well now 
a, a rideshare driver that's going to use a car for a shorter period of time on a ride-sharing platform, they don't care what the miles are as long as the car mm -hmm. is in good mechanical condition and cosmetically uh, appealing. So they take the car. The dealer can take the car with a revenue mindset, not a wholesale mindset. Mm -hmm. And now they can sell more cars because that car goes on the ride-sharing platform. So the dealer wins when they think of the revenue mindset. And, you know, if you think about it, airlines figured this out a long time ago. Mm -hmm. The plane, they only make money when the planes fly, right? And mm -hmm. dealers are in, typically, cars are sitting on the lot depreciating daily. Exactly. And something we figured, out, yeah, it, it's, so you might as well be earning revenue. And something our data now proves is that time is a bigger depreciating factor on a vehicle's value mm -hmm. than miles. Mm -hmm. And so we have a little phrase that we call revenue is the new odometer <laughs> because you got to look at a a vehicle for revenue, not just the mileage. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah. I mean, it, it's actually, I think it's very exciting because the, all the gloom and doom that's being talked about with uh, private ownership and dealers suffering from mobility, banks not knowing how to figure it out, I think it's pretty simple. All we're doing is we're increasing our customers and we manage the loan accordingly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> It's, it's, it's simple, but, you know, can be, uh, I guess, challenging to wrap the mind around, uh, you know, sometimes when you're set, set in your ways, I guess. But, you know, it's all about, um, you know, I think that it, now we're in 2019 now. I mean, it is all about change. I think that we're in a real, you know, renaissance time with, uh, you know, the auto industry um, between autonomous vehicles, you know, car share, ride share. Yeah even, you know, being an aspect of, you know, auto finance and, you know, the dealer base. I mean, it's really, we are truly at a time when, uh, you know, consumers are looking, you know, not as, as vehicles, as not something that you just, you know, finance and purchase and own, but as more so a service. It's a, it's simply just yes. a form of transportation that you can, you know, subscribe to for if you want to do a subscription service or if you wanted to do car share ride share like there's just all these different options for consumers to obtain vehicles it's it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out you know as as the years go on and the industry gets more you know used to it and it becomes a bit more mainstream well and you know to your point of the the variety of transportation solutions mm -hmm. here's something interesting i for example, in my home, getting outside the car business for a second, I have DirecTV, I have Netflix, I have Apple TV, I have Hulu, I, I have it all, right? Mm -hmm. And I think most people today, they are similar. They own a car, but they also use ride sharing and they have food delivered. So mm -hmm. what we've done, we've created this buffet of transportation services and you use what's relevant at the time. Sometimes. I'm, I want to take ride sharing because I know that I either I'm going to have difficulty parking or I may have one glass of wine too many. Mm -hmm, right? Exactly. Now, and I go back to the car business and I say, so that's not a threat because I can sell the car to a private individual mm -hmm. or I sell it to myself and run a fleet for the on-share, on-demand ride sharing. Mm -hmm. So. To the dealer world that has typically been focused on retail, I say, wait a minute, 
Matter of fact, Automotive News at, at NADA 2019 just said that by 2028, close to 40% of the uh, what they call the SAR, the Seasonally Adjusted mm-hmm. Automotive uh, Retail, will be fleet. So 40% of automobile sales are going to be fleet because of these large transportation solution companies. The dealer better get in that business quickly mm-hmm. or else third parties are going to figure out and say, you know what, Mr. Dealer, I'm going to buy directly from Ford or GM right. through my fleet, fleet contact and I'm going to do this whole business myself. So dealers today, because they already own the real estate, they already have the OEM relationship, mm-hmm. they already have the service departments, the ones that get on board with this today are the ones that are going to crush it. Mm-hmm. And the third parties, the barrier to entry for third parties is too high. Exactly. They have to buy real estate. They, all the stuff they have to buy, dealers and OEM already have the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So I'm very positive on the dealer model if they adopt and embrace the whole new transportation on demand ecosystem, which mm-hmm. includes ride sharing, of course. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. It it really is just it's going to be so interesting to see um, you know how it continues to pan out and to see you know what what dealers and lenders um, you know really use this and leverage um, you know this business model and 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 how it you know progresses and is taken to a whole another level, you know, in the, uh, uh, maybe near term. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, <laughs> oh, it's happening. Yeah, it's happening, it's happening we, now. You know, we, here's, here's what I think very few people really get is that 50,000 people a month are mm-hmm. applying for transportation as a service jobs, either mm-hmm. to drive for food delivery or to carry people or to carry pets to vets. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a hockey stick effect. Those people need cars. 40% of them do not have a qualifying vehicle or own their own vehicle. And they are, what's, what's crazy to me is that they struggle to find a lender that will loan them a car. And they write them off entirely without even thinking, well, let me just do a short-term loan. High mileage driver, shorter-term loan. Because, frankly, they're... They're renting cars today, a lot of these drivers, on different platforms that cost a lot more than buying. They pay $1,000, $1,300 a month to rent a car from different platform providers, and they could be making a lot more money if they own their own car mm-hmm. and on a short-term loan. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm very <laughs> bullish for those dealers that, and banks that see it. Definitely. And, you know, you would, and, you know, as someone, I mean, how many years you have under your belt, uh, you know, in, in the dealer space? Uh, if I have to tell the truth, if it's 39. <laughs> 39. 39 only. 39. <laughs> You're brand new, I'm basically. Cer- I'm, I'm like, I'm, cer- I'm certified pre-owned. That's what I call myself. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a good, that is a good title. And you know what? Uh, I know that lenders and, you know, dealers are very, very, you know, interested in their CPO program. So, so glad that we could have you. I hate to, I hate to, um, you know, run out of time here. Um, this has been such an interesting conversation. Um, before, you know, we, we, you know, kind of wrap up, I did have one more, um, you know, higher car, uh, specific question before we go. Um, you know, I know that you kind of, you, you just, uh, started your new role with higher car. Um, how, like, was it, what month was it? 
it was August, well, December officially with Hire Car, but uh, I I retired from retail. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at Galpin Motors for 30 years right. uh, and opened up a bunch of their stores and ran their luxury divisions. Um, but uh, December is when I officially started with Hire Car. Okay, so yeah, you. I mean, you've been there, you know, h- hardly, you know, a few months, but um, three months. Yeah, maybe. yeah, exactly, and. Um, but, you know, just curious if there's any, you know, new strategic partnerships on your radar for higher car. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, whether, whether it be, you know, your dealer partners or lenders or what have you. Well, we have 70 dealers on board so far without any specific marketing campaign. It's all been by referral uh, mm. between other dealers and also uh, publicity we've received in the investment circles because we are a public company as a matter of fact Mm -hmm. we're the only public company in this space and that gives us a lot of opportunity because we're very transparent so everything we do is under incredible scrutiny Mm -hmm. and that certainly is attractive to lenders and OEMs so to answer your question yes there are several major OEMs that are going through due diligence now Mm -hmm. to uh, partner with us and help their dealers enter the mobility as a service industry mm-hmm. because the OEMs are waking up and saying, wait a minute, we don't want these major rideshare providers to uh, discredit our brand or frankly make us irrelevant because mm-hmm. they, they don't want to just be the plane wrap automotive builder for the large ride sharing platforms. They still have their brands to protect. So the OEMs are recognizing their dealers are their best tool to protect their brand because they're closest to the customer. So they're working with the captives, which we have some major announcements coming in the near future where I think it's going to really rock the world Mm -hmm. and say, oh, my goodness, this opportunity is real. And it's actually can be uh, dealt with in a a very legitimate and profitable uh, strategy, legitimate and profitable business strategy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, you know, as long as, you know, auto finance news uh, and auto finance excellence is at the top of your list for when you can announce to the world um, when, you know, these these uh, these you know potential lenders and, and OEMs and, that you'll you'll be partnering with. Um, yeah. Very excited to sold. sold. Done. OK, perfect. Sold. So you Done. heard you heard it Deal here. Close. We will have the first insight into that uh, for hire car um yeah you know i um you know this has been such an interesting conversation i'm so looking forward to uh you know hearing what happens um with you know some more of the partnerships with hire car um you know and and you know as you continue to grow with the ipo i mean you guys are a startup um and you know you you've had a great you know first year of uh growth and uh, look, looking forward to seeing how that continues. Indeed, watch that stock, H-Y-R-E, <laughs> traded on the net. <laughs> no, there's no shameless uh, self-promoting here, <laughs> <Nope>. but <laughs> no, that was, it, that was funny. And, but yes, I, I, hate, I hate to end this podcast, I truly do, um, but you know, that, that does conclude our, our chat today. And um, I do want to thank, uh, you know, our audience uh, for joining Brian, Allen, and myself on this episode of The Roadmap. Uh, be sure to stay tuned to autofinanceexcellence.org for more great podcasts.